A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Cocoons of Horror, the podcast that revisits classic horror films and other folk fiction. Today we take a look at the coming-of-age classic Teen Wolf. Directed by someone, Teen Wolf stars Michael J. Fox and some other people. This film finally dares to answer the question, do werewolves go bowling? With me, as always, is Dr. Anthony Ladon. <laughs> they have nards. We've already established that they have nards. Yeah, and not only did we learn that they have Nards in Monster Squad, but Teen Wolf shows us, and they know how to use them. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, is this a basketball movie, a werewolf movie, or a coming-of-age movie? I think it's all of it, right? If you were going to describe this in an elevator... To somebody, and they're getting off on the next floor. <laughs> For sure, whether or not uh, they might, <laughs> that was their original intent. <laughs> no, there's a Canadian, right? And uh, he's going through changes. His whole body gets covered in pubes. You know what, floor two sounds good. I was going to go five, but I can <laughs> you know, get some exercise here. I live on the penthouse, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some, <laughs> put the old Fitbit to work here. We've never met before, but you look like you might appreciate Michael J. Fox lore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, wait, wait. He has to shoot a free throw. And he really has to heave it. I mean, he really has to get his legs into the free throw. He's just drenched in sweat. It's, it's not even sweat. It's no, it's just it's. Like, I know. I'm like, did a fire alarm go off like during halftime? I mean, it's so wet. He's so wet. It's interesting to me. I the, this is probably not the kind of thing you're supposed to be thinking about during this movie. But I thought, aren't don't canines like just sweat out of their nose and mouth or something? That'd be amazing if he like everybody else is sweating and he's just panting. <laughs> Well, if they had gotten Jack. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jack would have been all over that. I tell you, they don't sweat, done the research. So so I told you I was going to watch this movie with my son, right? Mm-hmm. So we were, we were just hanging out. 
He's on his phone. I said, hey, how about another werewolf movie? And he replies, there's another werewolf movie? <laughs> as, if, as if maybe after Jack Nicholson's wolf, just for done. they would have just like, nope, that broke the mold. <laughs> Forget this. We're not doing another one of those. <laughs> and burning the archives of any other werewolf movie that had ever been made prior. Oh man, this was a this was a treat to watch with with my son. You know, he's a really big basketball guy, and so just to see his response to the basketball being played, <laughs> and it comes right out the gate with basketball, right? Right. Yeah. Well, well, it limps out the gate. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, there's. I mean, let's just say there's a basketball court, and there are people on the court. <laughs> In uniforms of various sizes and shapes. <laughs> and ages. I mean, let's be clear. The range is anywhere from... How old is in this uh, He's 37. <laughs> and he's like the youngest guy outside of Michael J. Fox. They're playing a team of 40-year-olds. And they try to play it off. Like They say like they, they try to address it at one point. Like Mick, the bad guy from uh, the Dragons. Uh, basketball team you know oh he's 20 because he he did time mm, he's 20 okay yeah he's 20 like i'm 20 <laughs> so he did time they say he's 20 mm-hmm. how is he playing how is he allowed to play on the they say he went back to team. he went back to <laughs> i love because he's a criminal but he's really uh determined to he's not taking his ged he uh <laughs> wants to get that diploma He's back, he's back in uh, Beacon Town. What's it called? <laughs> Beacon Town, Nebraska. Hmm. I think if I was going to say an elevator pitch for this movie, I would say homophobic town in Nebraska is surprisingly accommodating <laughs> of werewolves. <laughs> I mean, they're really accepting. Right. I mean, I was, I was, you know, they're not closed-minded. They're very open. To things like bestiality, yeah, to, <laughs> to, to having you know monsters play on basketball teams, it, they're well, surprisingly yeah. progressive. Don't get them started on gay people, but, <laughs> but they're happy to accommodate werewolves. Well, this this like Pan's Labyrinth is an allegory. Um, this whole film, carefully constructed. To tell a story, you know, it's uh, it's funny because you're right. I mean, I think, but I think that's that's where the Midwest gets a bad rap, right? Like, um, they don't know, they think they know how they feel about something, right? You get into a small town mm-hmm. um, until you come face to face with it, right? Because like he's a werewolf, and you're like, I said, I'm sure there was just as many werewolf slurs prior to meeting one, right? Once you meet one, you realize, oh, oh, okay, now I I, I realize I was kind of painting with some broad strokes but now that i've seen one face to face right so well i think here's the deal i and and this is someone who lived in a small rural town in the midwest once mm-hmm. for two years of my life let me tell you the trick here the werewolf would have been burned alive if the werewolf did not play basketball <laughs> the fact that he was bringing w's right to Beacon Town High School, right. we will forgive everything else. We will let you in the play. We should talk about the play. Well, we'll talk uh, about a lot of things. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. We'll let you do anything you want. We'll give you a free pizza. 
if you're bringing <laughs> if you're bringing W's to the basketball team, if he was a loser, oh yeah, forget it. Dead, dead man. It is something, right? I mean, I do think that they 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 do a really good job of capturing the small town fascination with like youth sports. <laughs> I think they really do. They get that part right. I think you know. Here's the thing: is I, I the hardest part for like I I can get through them accepting uh, a werewolf, um, you know, and that that that's fine. But like the fact that they were forgiving of his Canadian accent up until that point doesn't doesn't ring true to me about what I know about Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, the second he's like, sorry, you're like, all right, that's it. <laughs> he's a witch. All right, let's talk about Michael J. Fox. Let's. So, because of our age, we lived through the Michael J. Fox is a superstar decade. Yeah. It's hard to explain how big Michael J. Fox was. Right. Especially at this particular moment of time because he's just done a blockbuster movie. Right. Uh, a fa- a family-friendly blockbuster movie. And uh, so, anyway, he's just – he's on top of the world, this guy. Right. Well, and I like – so you talk about, like, your son, you know, the experience of watching Teen Wolf with him. It's like – have you tried to explain to your kids like what celebrity was then? I mean, celebrity, like, you know, we talk a lot about celebrity now, uh, obviously, and, you know, with social media and everything. And something, some people are famous just for being famous. But it was, there was an anointing that happened when um, someone became a superstar. Like, it, it changed, like, the course of all of our lives. Like, I don't think people realize, like, Michael J. Fox becoming a superstar is like, it was a big deal that he was going to be in a Pepsi commercial. Like Pepsi says, you are our face. And that like, that's a yeah. huge, because we don't have a ton of channels, right? So we don't have, so you have to sit through commercials. There's no such thing as streaming and all that kind of stuff. So it's like commercials are as much a part of our life as anything, right? And and when he was like chosen to be, like I remember that was a big deal. Like, wow, Pepsi, mm-hmm. Pepsi picked Michael J. Fox. It's over, man. It's happening. Um, well, and I guess the the other thing that, about this is that in 1985, there's usually one screen in the house. One. Mm-hmm. It was a little screen in your in your living room, and on Thursday nights, you know, between eight and ten o'clock, everyone sat in front of that screen together. And you had to choose a network. Yeah, there there was only. You know, there was a lot of stuff on television, but at that moment, Thursday nights, 8 to 10, there were only three options. Because you would not be caught dead watching reruns of, you know, whatever. You wanted to see what was on prime time. There was only right. three options. And there really and was so, only one option, and it was NBC. It Thursday was NBC. Night, Thursday nights belonged to NBC. And Michael J. Fox was the main face during the main hour of the week on the only screen in the house. And so, you know, Family Ties, he was huge. And then, of course, he does the the crazy, unheard of thing of being both a television star and a movie star at the same time. That that was not usually done, right? You were either one or the right. other. Uh, so for him to be both, 1985, he was, you know, it was like Michael Jackson, Madonna, and Michael J. Fox. That was right. it. And so it's one of those things where it's like if Michael J. Fox is in a movie, you're going to go see that movie. You're going to go see it, right? And you've just seen uh, Back to the Future, and so you're thinking, "Ah, 
Yeah, I, I like that guy. I know that I like that guy. And, you, and the thought, yeah, and the thought is, if Michael J. Fox signed up to it, it's got to be good, right? Like that's what we assume. We assume he's he's got options, right? Like he can turn things down now. And uh, so Teen Wolf, I mean, gosh, so we're talking eighty-five. What I'm nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're telling me Michael J. Fox is going to be a werewolf? Sign me up. <laughs> I'm in. Are you kidding me? I am in. And then I saw it, and I remember going. I know how, how you felt. I was like, "That's the. That's how they chose to make the wolf look." <laughs> well, here's what I appreciate about this particular wolf. He right? looks like Planet of the Apes. <laughs> looks like Doctor Zayas. <laughs> Mr. Howard is right out of like a Wookiee costume, dude. That's one of the funniest. Moments. <laughs> well, when we'll that door opens that. up. <laughs> we'll get back. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to that. Because I want to talk about Michael J. Fox. You're going to do Michael J. Fox, who has a very recognizable and very watchable face, right? It's been sure. well established. You're going to put him in a werewolf costume. How are you going to do it so that you're not actually covering up the million-dollar face? And somehow they were able to put him in a werewolf costume that features, you know, basically it features his face. Mm-hmm. It's it the werewolf costume is built around his face, so he can still be expressive and he can still be Michael J. Fox. Um, so you know, it's this is a comedy. It's it's you know, it's <laughs> it's. It's really not going to give me the kinds of stuff I usually want in a werewolf movie. Uh, but, you know, it's all of it is forgiven because it's Alex P. Keaton, right? Right. Yeah, but I just, yeah. So, because this is, because um, I, I really I like I found the, the basketball less believable than the werewolf narrative. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, because I, I remember just like, because this is essentially, uh, you know, a retelling of I Was a Teenage Werewolf starring Michael Landon, right? Um, okay, I've never seen it. Okay, well, so I, <laughs> I like how I just said that. Like, of course, you would know. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, you're such a Michael Landon <laughs> fan. Yeah. This is where I start pressing buttons in the elevator. Because, <laughs> <laughs> see, originally, Michael Landon, you know, from Highway to Heaven. Uh, yeah, so he... So and and like that always was a look of a werewolf that I as a kid uh, enjoyed. It was kind of more in line with like sort of the with the Lon Chaney um, look, right? So it kind of has he's a little poofed, he's a little poofed up, like yeah. shorter, kept kept it a little tighter, maybe a little bit more of a pompadour type uh, werewolf situation. Sure. And uh, and so I was kind of excited because like, oh, cool, Michael J. Fox is going to look like I that. I like that the werewolf's hair actually does represent the time period. <laughs> it sure sure does. So, yeah, so I was looking forward to that. And then so when I saw him, I was just like, I just I couldn't stop thinking, like, the entire movie when I'm nine years old. I was like, but I mean, couldn't you have not made him look like that? <laughs> like, <'cause> I... <laughs> and the poor guy is, like, trying to talk through the, the dentures that are, <laughs> ah, she's dead. And I just, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dad. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 like the whole movie is like they're just you could almost feel every actor like going, ah, I don't know if I want to do this today. <laughs> oh my goodness, who's this movie for, Steve? <laughs> well, 
I think it was supposed to be for a nine-year-old me. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be for everybody. It was sure. anyone who showed up at Back to the Future. We're gonna, we are going to try to get you back into the theater, right? To see Michael J. Fox. And there's a couple PG-13 elements in this film, sure. but for oh, the for most sure. part, it's you know it's very kid friendly. Well, um, let's talk about that because <laughs> um, that party that they go to. Yeah. What the yeah. hell is going on at that party? <laughs> I mean, first off, everybody's like like 30 and above. Everybody. Like the guy whose party it is, is like, he's got a full receding hairline. <laughs> and I mean, he looks like he had a really rough day, like, you know, <laughs> working at the stock market. And now he's just, he's just in a tank top and he invites a bunch of quote, un- kids, unquote, <laughs> at the house. And uh, it's just, it's so, and then. Styles is running some sort of, I don't know, like, it, it looks like a Japanese game show is what he's got going on. I mean, he's, there are, there are people in their underwear covered in what I assume is whipped cream or maybe it's shaving cream. And they're this like, this is they one of those belt. moments with my son where he's like, what are they doing? I'm not ready for high school to have. He's, and he's just about to get, you know, he's 14. He's just about to go to high school. He, he went yeah. on a high school visit, and I'm sitting here saying, this is the initiation for high school. Every high school has this ritual. You have to be handcuffed back-to-back with a naked person. And just and writhe. writhe around on the That's ground it. That's in all either whipped cream or shaving cream. <laughs> they decide at the high school which one it's going to be. So right. just prepare yourself for both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he's poor. I mean, I'm like, I don't know what. I mean, they're having a ball. Everyone's cheering them on, but I don't know what they're doing. Like, they're not trying to get out. It doesn't look like it's like they're just playing. They're, they're it's, it just wriggle. That's the game. You have to wriggle. <laughs> it's, maybe it's an endurance game. Like whoever stops wriggling first loses. I, maybe they're the owners of the house, and that's how they're having the party. They just. <laughs> They're just torturing these poor people. Scott went there ahead of time. <laughs> put on the wolf face. <laughs> and menaced them until they <laughs> until they just relinquished the house. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I, I and then it's like, okay, well then now the next game is uh put jello down a, a you know, a woman's shirt and uh have the have the fat guy eat it. <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't really eat it. No, uh, he motorboats. <laughs> Chubs the motorboats. Yeah, that the party does not age well. Um, <laughs> Dude, that the party par- is, is madness. The the party could have been yeah, the party could have been done differently. Um, yeah, the party is is the the cinematic equivalent of the werewolf makeup. <clears throat> Could have been better. There, I could pro- we could probably name about half a dozen '80s high school movies that have a party scene, right? And in the party, it's usually the wildest thing you've ever seen in your life, right? You know, actually, the conversation with my son was there was no party in the '80s that was even remotely like this. <laughs> it's it's like it's like the directors of films like this are like I've never actually been to a party. In my entire life. Right. I will do no research. I will ask no one about what they were like. Well, they've got to have Jell-O, right? Yeah, Jell-O. We need Jell-O. Checklist. I'm, the whole time I'm looking, I'm like, hey, man, there was no way in high school that I had the patience to make Jell-O, let alone cube it. Like, who, who's prepping this party? 
Well, it's styles. I think we need to talk a little bit about styles here. Uh, yeah, and I just just quickly so I don't forget. Is there a worse air guitar in cinema? Is there a worse one? I mean, his air guitar skills are somehow completely repulsive. Like somehow, I don't know how. Like he he's on that van, and I'm like, what what instrument are you pretending to play? It's almost like he's air celloing. In 1985, in Beacon Nebraska, guitars were prohibited. These <laughs> children right. never had, they'd seen guitars on television. They had never touched one or seen one in person. That's right. So this was like a footloose town is what you're telling me. Like they had banned, <laughs> they had banned guitars. And so they just, guitars, like, like, this is what I think a guitar is like. Guitars and LGBT folk were not allowed. <laughs> Werewolves, they can run the local hardware store. And everyone's fine with it. <laughs> it looks like he's like holding like a sack of something and punching it, like instead of actually doing an air guitar. <laughs> I don't know why that bothered me so much. Like, I mean, it just it's because it, I do. I find the film remarkably charming, almost because of all of its problems. Um, but that was the whole thing. It's like it's such a. I'm like, come on, man. You don't really. You can't. Some help them out. Like the, the direct, that's the director's responsibility. No, no, hold it like this. <laughs> Stretch the arm out a little bit more. Here, look. Here's some. Here's some actual footage of people playing guitar. Try so here are it. some. Th- here are some things that my son thought were problematic in the film. <laughs> okay. Um, How dare he? Michael J. Fox's shooting form, he says, is horrible. Hmm. Uh, he was scandalized that there were only twelve games in the basketball season. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he he, he wouldn't let this go. I'm like, wait, wait, he's about to turn into a wolf. Let's stop talking about the number of games in this basketball season. He was amazed that their uniforms were sponsored by Adidas, which <laughs> which is, That's right. is amazing. I mean, they they don't have guitars in this town, but they're sponsoring the varsity basketball team with Adidas. Wow. <laughs> so um, he the, so there's style like there's a lot of nicknames right there's styles right um i'm assuming boof is not her christian name <laughs> um there's chubs and uh let's not forget lemonade <laughs> lemonade <laughs> plays on the other team chubs is an interesting character to me um because he could have also played the father I think I think I see Chubbs differently now that I've seen Teen Wolf Two, yeah, which I have not seen. So please okay. let's try to keep this spoiler free. I'm I'm, I'm going to try to keep it spoiler free. But let me just say, Teen Wolf Two, featuring you know Scott's cousin played mm-hmm. by Jason Bateman, he goes to college. So you got a teen a, a Teen Wolf in college, and most of the actors are recast otherwise. But Chubbs is back. <laughs> Fresh off his success in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Right. Uh, Chubbs is back. And he really, really comes out of his shell. He comes into his own. He's playing at least three sports. He's uh-huh. uh, very extroverted. At the, at the collegiate level. <laughs> he's just the life of the party. He, In fact, he's more Styles than Styles is in Teen Wolf 2. And so... So Styles is in Teen Wolf 2? 
Uh, Styles is the roommate of the wolf in Teen Wolf 2, although it's played by a different actor. Do they reference, like, Scott Howard's absence in this? Like, everybody knows the cousin, but, like, we never saw the cousin yeah. in the last yeah, one? He's, okay. Yeah, there's a picture on the wall of Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> But I, th- oh, here, I here's here's this. the important takeaway here. I don't want you to be distracted. The important takeaway is that if you enjoyed Chubbs in this movie, you're going to love him in Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> I think that's how they sold it, right? They're like, look, we can't get Michael J. Fox. Of course we're going to do the werewolf thing. Really, this we all knew it was a Chubbs vehicle anyway. At one point, Teen Wolf 2 was just called Chubbs. <laughs> Teen Wolf was just a Trojan horse for Chubbs, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's quite something. That movie is is really strange. <laughs> Not saying something because you watched these back to back. I and watched them back to back. If you can feel that this one somehow is like, well, I uh, you know, Teen Wolf is canon. I'm not sure I'm ready to accept Teen Wolf too. It was a little experiment because we had just finished it. With, I finished watching with my son, and I said, "Hey, Teen Wolf two, you want to start right now?" And he's like. There's another one, and so, so I put it on just to see how long you'd hang around. He hung around long enough to watch the dance number. Another dance number, huh? This one's interesting because the wolf is the lead singer. Okay. All right. I'm in. I'm in. You can talk me into it. I'm clearing my calendar. That is that is when my son leaves the room. Heather's gone on record saying that uh, I can do Teen Wolf 2 on my own. Oh no, she's got to watch it. Uh, here's some other things my son said during the movie. He's uh, he says, "Why is he still trying? <laughs> Why is he still trying?" <laughs> wow. He said, "How does he automatically know how to break dance?" <laughs> That's great. How does he automatically know how to break dance, and then? My favorite line for my son during Teen Wolf, the first movie. Is the rest of the movie going to be just like this? (laughs) (laughs) To which my response was, yes, son. Yes, it is. (laughs) That's what it's doing. (laughs) This is actually what we were waiting for. So how many times has Heather watched this movie with you? Oh, a bunch. Oh, she's watched it a ton. Teen Wolf Wolf makes the rounds. It's, It's... it's a frequent view. Uh, Abigail likes it. Um, it's got, I mean, there is a line that I, that gets me every single time. And it's when he's talking with his dad the next day after learning he's a werewolf. And, and he's just he's like, <laughs> what does he say? He's like, I got a bad outside hook shot. I'm allergic to eggs. I got a $6 haircut. I got problems. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I mean, there's there's some like it's like there are some some things that I think are genuinely funny. So I, I mean, the yeah. movie's uh, very weird. I mean, very weird. I think I think it's easy to undersell how weird the movie actually is. Um, uh, but it's uh, it's something how it just sort of it's. But there, but there's funny things. It's funny. I mean, like I think the coach is funny. The coach um, low key is the funniest part of this movie. Yeah, I mean, he's he's talking about uh, you know like. The kid that like because he had to quit the team because he was poor or whatever. Just this whole thing, and he's just like, "So what happened to the kid?" And he's like, well, "I don't know. <laughs> he, he quit. He's a third stringer. I didn't need him anyway." <laughs> and then, and then he says, "Yeah, but your dad owns a hardware store. I should be asking you for money." 
<laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's so funny. Yeah, it's uh, it's <clears throat> such a. I mean, yeah, just the 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 surfing on on the van. The um, surfing on top of the van is very specific to this movie. Right. A werewolf surfing on top of a van. That there's no other movie that does this. No, I mean, just hearing you say that out loud, it's like a sentence that like could have never been uttered had this movie <laughs> not been made, right? The coach, the coach is fascinating to me because he's, I think he's the kind of father my son wishes he had. <laughs> because every now and again, my son will, he's the kind of kid who asks me for life advice. Like, he'll just like walk up to me and say, Dan... Could you just give me life advice? Like he'll say that he, he will say in that way. Can you just give me some life advice? And I never know what to say. Like I'll, oftentimes they'll come out of my mouth and be like, "Yeah, take shorter showers." Right. <laughs> Things like that. I don't I never know what to say to this kid. I never expected to have a kid that would actually care what I think. This coach, <laughs> he has life advice on the tip of his tongue. Right. He says things like, never get fewer than 12 hours of sleep. <laughs> never play poker with a guy who's named after a city. <laughs> That's right. And never date a girl with a dagger tattoo. <laughs> and then he says, if you can get behind those three things, the rest of your life is cream cheese. That's an amazing line. I think that this is exactly the kind of stuff my son wants from me. That I've completely failed at. <laughs> He's looking for that cream cheese life, and you're not giving it to him. I, I just, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm like, you know, use less toilet paper, please. You know, th- that's the kind of stuff that I'm telling him. All right, I want to talk about uh, Howard here. Are Howard and Booth having an affair? Oh, the dad. Yes. Um. That was a weird sequence. There was like this, like, like there's some chemistry here. Like, first of all, what happened? To, what happened to Scott's mom? Why, you know, she's, 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 she's. They mentioned her at one point. Yeah, no, he ate her. He ate her in a closet. I don't. None of the werewolves in this movie really have that kind of like primal urge to wolf out, right? That that's what's missing from this movie. The wolves don't like lose lose control and like eat a baby or something. <laughs> what a different movie that would be. <laughs> oh man, Dad, I ate another baby. So I don't think that he ate her. I just think that she's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to be married to a wolf. There's just too much hair in the shower drain. <laughs> right. It's just it's yeah. It's more of an inconvenience, right? <laughs> so the mom's gone, and at one point Scott comes home. And Boof and Howard are just playing a game of one-on-one in the driveway. No, I know. And I guess Howard's giving her, like, life advice, like my son would Is prefer. that his name? Is it Howard? Because, like, I know their last name is Howard. Is he Howard? Howard? Oh, Mr. Howard. What's what's? I, I guess I'm calling him. I would have loved it if his name, name was Howard Howard. Harold Howard. Harold, right. Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, our... Because he's hairy. There we go. Sure. Because Boof... She is not getting what she wants from Scotty, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and it I don't know. I I'm trying to think if I was in high school and I uh like 
I know that he's interested in Pamela Wells, but I mean, clearly they're like, he made out with her, you know, I mean, there, there is more to it than just, I mean, they're, they're young, right? I mean, I there's think definitely that he more than made out with her. I think yeah. he, I think he was a virgin and Pamela Wells was his first time. Oh yeah. I'm talking about with Boof. Oh, with uh, Boof. So oh, yeah, I'm, sure. cause I'm like, so, so even though they're friends, right. I mean, they're still, they're, look, they're, they're in high school. So there's obviously, there has to be some, you know, uh, attraction from Scott Howard's part. But like, I'm trying to think if I was, if there was a, a, a gal that I was hanging out with and, you know, maybe somewhat interested in, and I came on there and she was playing like basketball with my dad. <laughs> and not just like, I mean, she's like backing him up in the post, you know what I mean? It's like, it's the whole thing just... <laughs> It's not for me, man. I don't. I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have. I don't have been good with that. Maybe this town is just basketball crazy. It's like that's what everyone's yeah. doing. No it doesn't matter exactly. who's there. If there's two people in the driveway, it's the law. You have <laughs> to Scott, start. Scott here? No, he'll be here soon. You want to do a little one on one? Yeah, that's what. I think. Let's go. Well, I guess we have to. Those are the town rules. Exactly. Come on, no, just show me a picture of a guitar. No, no, no. Just get out to the driveway. At one point, Scott's carrying a duffel bag. <laughs> duffel bags didn't really survive the 80s, did they? I don't think so. I used to love duffel bags. They, I mean, they were never very functional, right? No. I mean, did you ever do the, I'm not doing a backpack, I'm doing a duffel bag mistake? My entire junior high. Yeah. It was everything, everything I ever handed in was crumpled. Of course. Yeah, exactly. It's like the worst. I had a, I had like a Puma one, right? And like I remember, it came with like a, a, a like a bit of cardboard or something, something to keep the, the bottom flat for that very reason, like so you could stack your books. And like it was the dumbest thing to ever do. Like you open it was open really it all the way. And then you well, gotta... people that didn't grow up in that area might not know that for a while backpacks were kind of nerdy, right? So much so that if you wore both shoulders, yeah, people yeah, would actually yeah. comment on it, right? You might be ostracized for full-on wearing the backpack fully on your back with straps around both shoulders. Right. The only cool way to wear a backpack was to have it hanging off one shoulder. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's why the duffel bag kind of had a little moment in the sun. Because not only is it not built to go over both shoulders, you know, no one could ever accuse you of having a nerdy backpack. Right. Right. Which is funny. So now we were like, you know, it was it's essentially a big purse. It's a big purse. That's right. Yeah. This is when family values started to deteriorate in America. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. It starts with duffel bags. And the next yeah. thing you know, werewolves. Werewolves. You become. Yeah. So the thing about, I mean, your your son makes a really good point about the, the, the breakdancing thing. And I was looking through all this again, too. And I'm like, being a werewolf is like. Is that the best thing that can happen to a person? I think the answer is 100% yes. I mean, there was like, I'm like, what's the downside? That And like the whole time, like, we just want to be with you. Why? Be with, I want to be with a wolf all the time. And oh, but he's going to, he's going to steal the show. He's a werewolf. I don't want him to steal my chickens. Not I'd only. rather he, I'd rather he steal the basketball from me. But like, he's, there's just like, yeah, why wouldn't you? Not wouldn't only. You want to be a werewolf. Not only is he a werewolf, and you might see him wolf out, uh, although very few people in this movie actually see him wolf out. But anyway, 
you might, you know, there's always the promise that you'll see a, a, a supernatural transformation. He could also start breakdancing at any moment. He's good. You know what I mean? Like, he's a good breakdancer. Like, he breakdances well. He plays basketball. I mean, he could dunk. Are you kidding me? I mean, he does really weird layups, though, sometimes. Sometimes he just sort of does, like, granny shots in the air, which I think Michael is Michael J. Fox is, like, five foot five, <laughs> So he's dunking like Muggsy Bogues. But even more impressive is the fact that he can spin the ball in his finger. I don't know if you've right. ever tried to spin yeah, a basketball in your finger. I, I, it's I, I, not it's easy. black magic. <laughs> he, although, he, although this town is so basketball crazy, I wonder if everyone can just spin I, the basketball. Probably, yeah. It's it's yeah. three year olds are spinning <laughs> basketballs. <laughs> so he can he can dunk, he can break dance, oh, and he can bowl really well. Okay, all right, movie. Settle down. Even with the werewolf claws? Yeah. How are you bowling with those werewolf claws? And to me, that's the movie I want, right? I want I want to know what it's like when he be just how he's not just teen wolf, but like he's adult wolf and he has to make a decision on what he was gonna do with the rest of his life. And you're a werewolf, you can kinda just pick, right? You can just pick whatever <laughs> career you want. And I love the idea that like I want a movie about professional bowling where <laughs> you know, not necessarily through the lens of the werewolf, but like the werewolf is like the antagonist, right? That's who the guy's trying to beat. He's like, there's like, no way you can win. He's, there's a werewolf bowler. I don't know if you remember the movie Amadeus, but the movie is told through the guy who's really jealous of Amadeus. I'd like to mm-hmm. see that bowling movie where it's the guy in the bowling league who's always losing, always taking second. Right, exactly. And he's like so, he's constantly petitioning, like they gotta change the rules. There's gotta yeah. be like you can. He you know, was number this. one in the league until the werewolf joined the league, right? And now the whole movie's through his perspective. He can never win because the werewolf is always rolling a perfect game. And so yeah, and he's and the the story, which is great, is that he's so focused on trying to find a way to get the werewolf disqualified that he's never actually focusing on what he needs to do, and he needs to find the werewolf within himself, right? And the werewolf, of course, being a metaphor for one's own conquering of their own demons. And so the idea being that he's like, well, if I could maybe change the bylaws, I said, well, you can't do that. And then it's like, well, there's a there's a loophole, or they find out he could play as a werewolf but he can't wolf out during the match so if he starts as a human mm-hmm. he has to finish as a human so he keeps on trying to get hit the game to start before he wolves out there's a whole but again it's like the lesson is just roll your game he's going in the kitchen he's explaining how you can take one of these frozen pizzas and you can spruce it up you know you can make this taste like gourmet pizza if you could just do these two tricks this wolf is just becoming mayor of the town overnight <laughs> I love it. I, I think this is the movie that, that that's the only way to finish the trilogy. B- bowling Alley Wolf? <laughs> yeah, Gutter Wolf. But it's not, he's not a teenager. He's he's 47 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's eligible to play basketball at, <laughs> at this high school. There, He's he's actually being played by Chubbs. <laughs> I love that. I feel like we haven't explored styles well enough yet. I like how when when he walks in, Harold doesn't even look at him, and he goes, "Nice shirt." <laughs> well, he knows he knows, he knows Styles shirts. well enough to know that he must have a shirt on that says, uh, "What, what does this shirt say?" Well, the shirt that he's wearing at that particular one, which is awesome, it says, "Obnoxious the movie." <laughs> 
I didn't see the movie part. I couldn't read the the bottom line there. <laughs> Not just the movie. Yeah, and then of course the classic that I can't believe he was able to wear at school. What are you looking at, Dick Nose? <laughs> that was that was my son's favorite, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Like we couldn't even wear like a Coors Light shirt, you know, like a Silver Bullet Coors Light in this town. In this town, those sort of custom-made T-shirts are so revered <laughs> that he gets the nickname Styles. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to because like it's it's interesting because I'm I don't really understand the power dynamics at this school. Right? Are these guys like dorks or, or couldn't quite figure out like what what? Then you see Styles is like like the MC of the party. Yeah, and he's got women in underwear helping him out. Um, it's, it's very weird. And then, so then, and then Chubbs, I'm like, okay, so Chubbs is like, he's the jock, I I guess. Right. Even though it seems ridiculous that it's, that he is, but he's, he carries himself pretty much like he's, he's in command of, of, of the scene, you know, and in the school. And, but I just never really figured what, and then of course, Scott becomes super popular with when he becomes the wolf. So the, the implication being that he wasn't popular before, but again, starting point guard on the, on the basketball team seems seems like it would have something with it. Well, in the eighties, that was true. It had to be true in the eighties. How Styles is. Styles is not on the team. No, but he has uh, access <laughs> access to that locker room. Right, but he's. I think that he's just on the cusp of greatness. Like he he's a visionary. Styles is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He can see, you know, he can plot his way. He's sort of a strategic mind. Like, this is sort of like a Game of Thrones happening in (laughs) Beacon Town. He can strategize. He's very, very little finger. He's going to strategize his way to the the inner sanctum of the high school. He doesn't seem to be that interested in girls. Um, he, He really just is about the money. He's about – I don't even think he really wants to drink that keg of beer that he's trying to get. I think he's thinking, I'm going to sell this beer. And then when he gets to the party, he realizes, like, there's already, like, eight kegs there. So he thinks, okay, I'm going to start a, a Japanese game show. That's that's <laughs> that's my only path. My only path to being a millionaire <laughs> is to start a game show in the basement of this house. It's it's wild. It is a wild ride. I mean, everything is, is just... I, what you can do as a wolf... And I, I love I love he had a, a shirt that said Wolf Buddy. I like that. I wolf like that, Buddies. That, that, you know, in case you didn't realize. Um, you got to be able to buy these shirts online, right? Wolf Buddy? I, I, I love a so. Wolf Buddy shirt. Wolf Buddy shirt would be amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, I, you know, everybody knows how to do a werewolf dance. <laughs> And this, he's got his own dance. I love, I love an '80s coming of age film that has like a a signature, like a signature dance. Like that's so, it's so. When did Thriller come out? uh, I think it came out the year before. I had to have, right? I don't know. I'm wondering if Michael Jackson stole the Thriller dance from (laughs) From, Teen Wolf. From Teen Wolf, yeah. I mean, it is such a, and what a dance too. Like it's like it's like. You, I think you put your elbows out and you go like, you do one shimmy, two shimmy, three shimmy, wolf. <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. 
<laughs> and then it, I think there was a conga line that involved doing the wolf. Uh, <laughs> and oh, we we can't we can't do this podcast and not talk about. Is this the shittiest soundtrack in movie history? It's pretty bad. The At one score point I, is awful. It's so bad. It's so bad. At one point, <laughs> I thought, is this like a Kenny Loggins B track? I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, sir. This is a guy who's trying to sound like Kenny Loggins. There is. I mean, the the sequences where like they're going to um, the liquor store, and it's mm-hmm. just this. <laughs> It's brutal. It's so much louder than the rest of the film. <laughs> and it is just, it's its so weird. It is just like, so that, the score is one thing. And then you've got like the songs. And I think there's a song about like, like it's like Little Red Riding Hood type thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. it's something about like, you know, you don't look like my grandma. Like that's, that's your hook, huh? Well, <laughs> there's also a line in that song that says, I'm not stupid like grandma. <laughs> I love that. Like, Throwing shade at grandma. Jeez. Yeah, this, this town hates gay Look, people and grandma. you can say you're not stupid. You can do that without any reference to anyone. But you're throwing grandma under the bus? <laughs> stupid like grandma. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, these are uh, these are some really impressive songs. And and that was like the big song for the dance. Sorry, so like that was a pretty big deal. <laughs> well... I think, look, it's a very low-budget film, and it made a lot of money. Like, I think right. it, I think early box office was like $80 million or something, and they made this just for, I don't know, it was a pittance they made this. And, of course, so you're not going to spend the money on Huey Lewis in the news. Uh, win in the end is win in the. I'm looking at the soundtrack right now. I think win in, win in the end has to be the uh, the song that plays at, after we uh, watch him shoot a free throw for five minutes. <laughs> the ba- the basketball, oh my gosh! It's just <laughs> so, so, there's so much basketball in this movie, and it's so horrible. It's yeah, so basketball. horrible. Again, this the guy never went. The director never went to a party as a teenager. <laughs> never never seen, a seen a basketball game played. Never seen anyone play air guitar. <laughs> it's just like, he's, he sees the words on the paper and he's like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. All right, uh, is there a trope, device, or a cliche that worked for you in this movie? Um, I don't know if so much that it's a trope, but it is probably my favorite part of the movie is, uh, at the very end of the movie when everybody's like running out of the stands, um, there's a guy whose pants are completely undone. That's how the movie ends. The movie ends with a guy standing up and his yeah. pants are completely undone and he zips up his pants. And uh-huh. he, did you catch that part? Yeah. If you, if you want to pull it up on YouTube, here's what you do. <laughs> type in Teen Wolf last scene what happens is Scott kind of eschews Pam mm-hmm. embraces Boof goes to embrace his father then look right behind Mr. Howard in the stands and you will see some I don't know if it's a guy or a girl I don't know who it is because you really just see from the waist down the fly is completely down and they're trying to get 
the fly up, but the pants are so tight. <laughs> why? I don't. Why are they? What? What is going on? <laughs> like I know what's happening now. What was happening before? This is a movie. We're making a movie right now. <laughs> this person was so excited about winning that game. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That for some reason, the zipper needed to be undone during the basketball. I mean, people were so excited in this town, and they were really capturing that vibe. And people's milk was were letting down. It was a whole thing. <laughs> That's why Scott was drenched with what we think is sweat. We hope we were hoping that town. I mean, um, I mean, nobody. I mean, the director was like, "That's fine, <laughs> just leave it. We'll just end the movie right there." Okay, so I'll tell you what: it's a goofy movie, but there's one scene which you already alluded to that's just really great, and that's when he's wolfing out in the bathroom, right? And so you got that classic werewolf, you know, transformation scene that you want in every werewolf movie. And usually they'll just cut from the hand, which is now more hairy, to the face, which is now more wolfy, right? Right. And at the same time, he's having this conversation with his dad through the door. And Mr. Howard's like, Scott, really, you can talk to me about anything. You know, and this whole thing is sort of a metaphor for puberty or whatever. Right. And... So he's wolfy now, and he's saying, not this time, Dad. Not this time. I, I, You're not going to understand this. And as soon as he opens the door, Mr. <laughs> Howard, who's dressed like a Wookiee, basically says... An explanation is probably long overdue. An explanation? Jesus Christ, Dad, an explanation? Look at me. Look at you. It's not as bad as it looks. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Dad. I mean, you knew about this? You knew about this and you didn't tell me? I was hoping I wouldn't have to. Sometimes it skips a generation. <laughs> it's a great scene. It's a it it's is. a wonderful scene. It is a really And I love really how nonchalant Mr. Howard is about it. He's like, "Yeah, it's fine." Mm-hmm. There's some perks. He's great. He's he's there that's the thing is is that in this movie is a good movie. Um it just hasn't wolfed out yet, <laughs> you know. It's like this movie's bizarre. If you, if you really, if you really think <laughs> about, if you really think about this this whole Boof. I'm a little bit perplexed by Boof. I don't approve of her making moves on Mister Howard. I don't approve of her swapping names out to go into the closet with Scott. Right. I don't approve of her trying to repress his wolfness. I think I was pro boof before this, but I think I'm now I'm I'm changing my my opinion. Yeah, she here. might be the villain in this whole thing, right? Because the thing is, is he, it is it's like it is a weird turn that it's like yeah you're gonna this is who you are, but don't do it. Yeah, oddly, I think that she's trying to do something about popular, like hey, don't don't pursue popularity. It's a fool's errand, which mm-hmm. I think is wise, right? Sure, but. It's not like he asked to become a werewolf. It just happened to him. I say right. use it. Use yeah. what you've been given. That's what I say. 
Well, the other part of it is, is like, I love how everyone's like, well, you're going to not be as popular if you're not the wolf right this very second. (laughs) He's still the werewolf. People are always a little disappointed. Yeah, like he comes out like, oh, but you're not the werewolf. It's like, I, but I'm the werewolf. I'm the werewolf. That's, that's what I do. It's like, it's my thing. They're like goldfish. They don't see the the hair on the wolf face. Exactly. They don't believe it. And so he comes down the stairs like, oh, you're not the werewolf. And it's like, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah that's, well, no, I am though. <laughs> but I for sure am. <laughs> hey, this, there's such a fickle group, man. Um, all right, Steve, is this movie on par, uh, better, or mm-hmm. worse than a Ron Howard? Wow, what a question. Like this, this is, this might be our most vexing one yet. Um, I, I think I, I have. To, I think it's a Ron Howard minus two, <laughs> and I and I don't know how I feel about that because I could easily probably <laughs> say it's a Ron Howard plus two and then also be okay with that. See, I was gonna say properly Howard. Yeah. So I think we're about the same here. Yeah, I um, mean, I, I have, a, I have, a, I've created a banding. <laughs> it's certainly in the Howard range. You know, it's like. Right. Um, I feel like Howard could could make a. I mean, I I feel like it would have made it better, right? Because like we talk about like Howard, does he get the most out of the actors, right? And I in want this case, I want to remind you that this was a huge success in the box office. Right. I think that I, in 1985, people really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. So so its budget was 1.2 million dollar, and, and it, it made over 80. Part of it, right? Is Michael J. Fox is. It was. If you want to know how big of a star he was, he made Teen Wolf a, a blockbuster <laughs> just by being in it. And um, I love. I always love the uh, the give give me a keg of beer, mm-hmm. you know, sequence. Uh, I'd like a keg of beer, please. You don't say. Yeah. Uh, how much is that? Your ID, Sonny. You little bastard just won't give up, will you? Listen, no ID, no goddamn beer. Can't you get that through your thick skull? Give me a keg of beer. And these. <laughs> it's great. It's just a an odd... It's an odd thing, right? And like, so I, I feel like they did capture the the high school ish part of it pretty well. Because I mean, that's really the whole point, right? I mean, he's, he's he's a teenager dealing with the fact that he's a werewolf, but it goes laser fast, right? I mean, once he's a wolf, it's like he does it all. He's, I mean, he's he's a good dancer. He's smarter, right? So he can pass the test. But that's the other thing. I'm like, so wait, yeah, how does he get smarter as the wolf? It's just everything's. Or better. is it just that he doesn't have the anxiety anymore, so he's a better test Maybe. taker? It's just, it's wild to me that he's great at everything, and, and obviously, yeah, it's like, the lesson being, don't let it go to your head, don't chase popularity, but also, um, he's been blessed. He's been blessed a werewolf. He's not You're, like he's going to, how are you not going to be? That is the key distinction. In every other werewolf movie, it's a curse. Right, and this is a blessing. You know, here's, a, here's someone who gets bit by a wolf, or for some reason becomes a wolf, and now you have to deal with the curse of being a werewolf. This is like, you know, this is like you were garden variety 
Midwestern white kid, and all of a sudden you're like, you're the Fonz. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's aware of so Overnight you became a lot more Italian than you used to be. <laughs> right. Like you're like, whoa. I'm... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and the, the the transformation sequence is actually exactly the same right. when you become Italian. <laughs> so, so much hair, so much hair. Oh, Change Louise. I can't figure that. I mean, that yeah, that break dancing scene again. Like, I, I might I might go rewatch that because it is something like it just he just it just happens. He's just he's immediately amazing. <laughs> Well, and the one thing it's you know that they do it's pretty fascinating is to see the werewolf in uh, a basketball uniform because like the tank top and shorts you don't see that with the wolf often. So we got like the, you get to, that's a lot of full body hair that we get to mm-hmm. to experience. <laughs> and he, I mean he's a, he's a good actor. <laughs> he's a better actor. He can, he's in a play. So he goes into the coach's office, tells him he's going to quit the team. And the coach thinks it's because he's going through puberty. Mm-hmm. And my son said, is there anyone on this team who hasn't gone through puberty? <laughs> like, who's going to quit a team because they're going through puberty? The majority of the team has, is it going through a midlife crisis. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works, and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.